Well, good morning, everyone. Morning. It's great to be here on Easter Sunday. And I, because I'm up here, I get the pleasure of saying, Rejoice, for he is risen. Let's try that again. Rejoice, for he is risen. Excellent. All right. Let's just start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray. I thank you that we can gather here today. I thank you that we can all come in worship, in praise, and in celebration for the risen Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless these words today that we may find what we are looking for. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. So today is many things, but today marks the end of our sermon series on seeking. We have pondered and asked many questions through this series. We've asked such questions as, who will you listen to? How do we begin again? Who sinned? And where are we headed as some of the questions? And this week, we are summing everything up by asking the question, who are you looking for? This question is at the very heart of what our sermon series is about. Together, we have been seeking, seeking answers and seeking guidance. But the answer of what we are seeking for depends on who we are seeking. Who are we looking for? So I ask this question to all of you today. Who are you looking for? Let us hear from the Bible reading today, and I'm going to invite Lockie to come up and give it to us. Good morning, guys. Happy Easter. Um, Today's Bible reading comes from John 20, verses uh, 1 to 18. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and he went inside. He also noticed the linen, wrap, the linen wrappings laying there, while, while the cloth that had, been, that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then they hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. Then he went home. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognise him. Dear woman... Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. 
But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Thank you. Thank you, Lockie. Now, the start of this passage I always find kind of funny. Not the whole, you know, Jesus' body disappearing part, but more so when Mary goes and tells Peter and the other disciple. Now, we think that the other disciple is actually the author of this gospel, John, and he's written in that they had a race and that he's, he's being a bit sort of modest here and he's sort of said, he said other disciple, but he still has to write in that he won that race, that he outran Peter for some reason that, you know, he had to include that part. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of find that, that funny out of all that is in this sort of story about the body being disappeared, Jesus actually there, you know, they, they had to include a race in it. But that's besides the point. The main focus I want to focus on today is actually Mary. You see, in this story, Mary visits Jesus' tomb and discovers that it is empty. Jesus' body is nowhere to be found. She is distraught and upset. She starts to weep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I buried a loved one and then discovered that they were missing, I would, I would be upset too. Wouldn't you be upset? Further in the story, a gardener approaches Mary and asks, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? In a haze of grief, Mary can only see what is in front of her, or in this specific scenario, what is not in front of her. Mary is only able to see what she thinks is a gardener. She doesn't recognize the man standing there in front of her. She's blind by grief. She's blind by the thought that someone has taken her beloved saviour, mentor, teacher and friend. As a result, she can't see that Jesus is actually standing right there in front of her. It's only when Jesus calls out and calls her by her name that the veil is lifted over her eyes. She realises that Jesus has been there the entire time. She can see the risen Jesus. And so like Mary, we too can be blind to Jesus. Like Mary, we, can, we too can be seeking, we can be searching for Jesus and then not realise that he was there in front of us the entire time. So I ask you this question, do you have a veil that is blinding you from the Lord? Do you have a veil that is blinding you from the Lord? Matthew 15, 14 says this, So ignore them. They are, they are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Similarly, Luke 6, 39 says this, Then Jesus gave the following illustration, Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? This continues to reiterate the question, do you have a veil that is blinding you from the Lord? You see, Mary had formed an image in her head, one of tragedy and one of loss. 
She had already grieved the death of Jesus. And now someone had gone and stolen the body. She must have thought that the enemy had done it, that those that were against Jesus had stolen the body to try and further ruin him or something along those lines. See, Mary could only see Jesus through a lens of tragedy. But what does Jesus ask Mary? Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? It's an interesting question. Who are you looking for? For Mary, at the time, she was looking for the dead body of Jesus. You see, she wasn't looking for the risen Jesus. She was looking for the dead Jesus. This question, who are you looking for, is quite a similar one to when Jesus asks his disciples in John 1.38. It says, Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. The question, what do you want? What are you looking for? What or who are you seeking? These are all questions that apply to us today. Are you seeking Jesus? More importantly, what kind of Jesus are you seeking for? What kind of Jesus are you looking for? Now, you may be wondering what I mean by that. But just like how Mary was searching for the dead Jesus, are you looking for the miracle worker Jesus? Are you looking for the teacher slash preacher Jesus? Oh, are you looking for the table-flipping, driving everyone out of the temple, Jesus? Or are you looking for the crucified, buried in a tomb, Jesus? Or are you looking for the risen Jesus? See, the risen Jesus is the Jesus that not only conquered death, but took all the sins of humanity with him. The risen Jesus died so that we may be set free. He broke you out of the shackles of sin and he set you free. The risen Jesus became fully man and fully God. So I ask you the question, what kind of Jesus are you looking for? In this series and this time of seeking that we've been going through, you may have been seeking different things. You may have been seeking guidance. You may have been trying to search for a new home, a new job. Maybe you've been trying to seek peace or contentment in your own self. Or maybe you've been trying to seek a specific individual or a group of people. You could be seeking many things. But I ask you this question, are you seeking Jesus in all these things? Have you put him first? We should be seeking Jesus in everything that we do in life, everything that we've been searching for. Not only because he gives us guidance, he gives us reassurance. These are all great things, do not get me wrong. But they are through him, he's the key to eternal life. John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. 
He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. So as you go out today, as you go through life searching for different things, remember that it's not just the miracle work of Jesus. It's not just the teacher sermon Jesus. It's not just the Jesus that drove everyone out of the temple. It's not just the Jesus that died, but he also conquered death. Remember that it is the risen Jesus who died for you and that through him we will all have eternal life. So remember to always seek Jesus in everything you do, the risen Jesus. Let me just end in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son. We thank you that we can celebrate his death and his resurrection, that he has conquered death. Lord, we thank you that through him we are set free. Lord, allow us not to be blind to you and that the veil over our eyes can be lifted. Lord, allow your kingdom on this earth to be done and forgive us of any sins and you rescue us from any temptations. Be with us, Lord, in everything that we do as we give everything that is on our hearts to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.